0: Well this morning in worship we're going to begin a new sermon series, a series called My Cup Runneth Over. In this sermon series we're going to talk about the power of joyful generosity. We're going to talk about how God is generous to us and how we can be generous to God. And as we we work our way through this series, we're going to follow very slowly, we're going to walk through one of the most important stories in all of the Bible, a story that comes to us from the the Hebrew scriptures, the story of Abraham and Sarah and three visitors who came to their tent one day. I invite you to to open your heart and listen for the voice of God as our friend JL shares with us just the beginning of this story. All right, whenever you're ready. The Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre as he sat at the entrance of his tent in the heat of the day. He looked up and saw three men standing near him. When he saw them, he ran from the tent entrance to meet them and bowed down to the ground. He said, My Lord, if I find favor with you, do not pass by your servants. Let a little water be brought and wash your feet, and rest yourselves under the tree. Let me bring a little bread that you may refresh yourselves. And after that you may pass on, since you have come to your servants. So they said, do, have, do as you have said. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So a little over 20 years ago, I fell in love with a girl from Indiana. She was smart. She was beautiful. She knew about art, and she was interested in history. And and I was head over heels in love with her, and I knew that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with her. I, I knew that I wanted to ask her to marry me. But before I could do that, there was one other thing that I wanted to do. I wanted to ask her father for his blessing. Now, here's the thing I want you to understand today. This was more than 20 years ago. And a lot of things have happened in the last 20 years. I went to seminary, I became a pastor. I've had a lot of conversations in the last 20 years with couples in premarital counseling where we talked about wedding customs and wedding traditions. One of the things that I tell couples is that many of our marriage customs and wedding traditions come from a a time when people thought of marriage in a very different way than people do today. Now for example, I tell them that this thing we do where the father of the bride gives her away on her wedding day, this this tradition comes from a time when people thought of marriage as basically a property transaction. the idea is that a woman belongs to her father and then on the wedding day, the, the father gives her away and then she belongs to her husband. And I tell couples, we don't think about marriage in that way anymore. And I tell couples, it's a good thing that we don't think of marriage in that way anymore. I always give couples the chance to opt out of that particular tradition, even though hardly ever does anybody take me up on, on that offer. Now, Likewise, this tradition of asking the father of the bride for permission to ask for her hand in marriage, it comes from a similar time with similar ideas. The idea is that a woman belongs to her father and you need to ask his permission in, in order to, to ask for her hand in marriage. And I know that that my wife didn't actually need her father's permission in order to to get married. And I know that I didn't actually need his blessing in order to ask her to marry me, but I wanted to do it just the same because I really, really liked this woman and I really wanted to get off on the right foot with her family. And so one night I picked up the phone and I called down to Indiana. I called my future in-laws and then I had a super awkward conversation with my future father-in-law. And he seemed to be sort of amused by the whole thing. He seemed to to get a real kick out of how awkward and uncomfortable the conversation was for me. And then as we were talking, there came a moment when my future mother-in-law walked into the room and my future father-in-law said, hang on a second. And then he called out, hey, Ruth, that's her name. He said, hey, Ruth, Jen's boyfriend is on the phone. He wants to ask her to marry him and he wants our blessing. What do you think we should tell him? And so back up in Michigan, on the other end of the line, I held my breath and I waited and I strained to hear what the response was going to be from the person I hoped was going to be, my future mother-in-law. And for a long heartbeat, there was nothing but a tense sort of silence on the line. And then I heard from a state away, all the way at the other end of that telephone line, I heard just as clear as could be, I heard my future mother-in-law say, Whatever. Now, my future father-in-law came back on the line and he tried to smooth things over as as quickly as he could. He said, well, she says that would be great and we would love to give you our blessing and welcome to the family. And it was awfully sweet of him to say that, but I knew it wasn't true. And so the next day when my future wife asked me how it went, I, I told her the whole story. And then I said, this is awful. I said, your mom hates me. And my future wife, being a very wise person, she said, okay, she said, just take a deep breath and don't panic. She said, here's the plan. Here's what I want you to do. She said, we're gonna go to my parents' house for Thanksgiving, and as soon as we walk into the house, I want you to go straight over to the cookie jar, and I want you to eat a cookie. And she said, then I just want you to keep on eating my mom's cookies all all the while that we're there, all through Thanksgiving. Now my my future mother-in-law, she was somebody who always had a a cookie jar out on the kitchen counter and she loves to bake cookies and so the cookie jar is almost always filled with these, these incredible homemade cookies, chocolate chip cookies, peanut butter monster cookies, homemade Oreo cookies. She makes all of these wonderful cookies. And so when we got to, to my future wife's parents' house for Thanksgiving, I made a beeline straight for that cookie jar. I took out a cookie and I ate it there in front of my, my future mother-in-law. And then the whole time we were there for Thanksgiving, I just kept going right back to that cookie jar, eating cookie after cookie after cookie. And I kept on doing that. Every time we went to visit my, my future wife's parents, I, I went straight for the cookie jar and I ate cookie after cookie after cookie the whole, the whole time that we were there. And, and I did this over and over and over again. Again, and I just couldn't understand why my future wife was having me do this. I was putting on weight and I didn't seem to be getting anywhere with, with her parents and I couldn't understand the wisdom of what she was having me do until one day, we went to my, my wife's parents' house, we walked in the door and, and we met my future mother-in-law there in, in her kitchen and she, as I walked to the door, she looked at me with a sort of panicked expression And then she said, oh, she said, I am so sorry. She said, there are no cookies in the cookie jar. Hang on a second. And then she started whirling around that kitchen like a dervish. She started opening cupboards and throwing things on the counter. She got out butter and brown sugar and she got out vanilla extract and and chocolate chips. And right then and there, she started whipping together a a fresh batch of cookies. And that was when I understood the wisdom of what my, my future wife had been having me do. And she had been leveraging the power of hospitality and generosity. And what she understood, what I didn't get until that moment, but what she understood was that every time I ate one of those cookies, every time I accepted my future mother-in-law's hospitality, I was saying, I love you and I want to be part of this family. And she understood that in that moment when my future mother-in-law started pulling things out of cupboards and making a fresh batch of cookies for me, she understood that in that moment my future mother-in-law was saying to me, you are loved here, you are welcome here, and we accept you as part of this family. Now that's the power of hospitality. That's the power of generosity. Hospitality and generosity have the power to turn enemies into companions. Hospitality and generosity have the power to turn strangers into friends. Hospitality and generosity have the power to turn weirdo shaved head college kids into into part of a beloved family. Hospitality and generosity build relationships and build communities like nothing else in this world can do. And for the next three weeks in worship, we're going to be having a conversation about the power of hospitality and generosity. We're going to talk about what happens when our cup overflows with God's love and spills out on the people around us in this world. And for the next three weeks, we're going to be telling the story of a moment in the Bible, a moment in human history when a single act of hospitality and generosity changed, changed the fate of the world forever. Beginning today in worship, we're going to take our time walking slowly through the story of Abraham and Sarah and the three strangers who came to visit them one day. If you grew up in Sunday school or if you've been hanging around churches for a while, then then there's a good chance that you know this story. It's one of the most important stories in all the Bible. It's one of the most famous stories in all of the Hebrew scriptures. And maybe you remember the story goes that Abraham and Sarah were an elderly couple, They were both in their nineties and they'd had a a long and more or less happy life together. Abraham had been successful in business and so they were able to afford a comfortable retirement together. But even so, Abraham and Sarah's life together was filled with its share of sadness and regret. They'd never been able to have children together. And, And their struggles with infertility caused lots of strain and stress and regret in their marriage. And we pick up the story today at a moment when suddenly something happened that changed their lives forever and sent them off on a completely new and unexpected adventure. Maybe you remember the story goes that one day Abraham was sitting out in front of his tent when he saw three strangers approaching. And so Abraham jumped up and ran out to the three strangers and he bowed down to the ground and he said, welcome, he said, come and and enjoy some hospitality. Sit here under the shade of my my tree. Let me go get some water and some bread and let me wash your feet. Make yourselves at home. Take a little rest from your journeys before you continue on your way. And so the three strangers came and sat under Abraham's tree and, and enjoyed his and Sarah's hospitality. And then finally, after they've been sitting there under the tree for a while, finally comes the moment of of the big reveal when Abraham and Sarah suddenly discover that that one of their guests is, in fact, God. And God speaks to Abraham and Sarah and makes them a promise. God says, Not only will you be parents, but you will be the parents of a, a great nation. I will work through you and your descendants to save the world and heal the world forever. That's the way the story goes. That's the way that I learned it in Sunday school. That's the way I learned it in seminary. I learned growing up in Sunday school that the moral of this story is always show hospitality, always show generosity to strangers, because you never know when when a stranger who comes to you might actually be God in disguise. That's how I heard this story growing up. A few days ago, though, I, I learned something that forever will change the way that I read this story. A few days ago, I learned that our Jewish friends read this story in a, a completely different way. A few days ago, I was, I was studying what our friends, the rabbis, have to say about this story. When I know that we're going to, in worship, talk about a story from the Hebrew scriptures, I like to do a little research. I like to find out what our, our Jewish friends have to say about a story or a passage of scripture, because after all, they've had a lot longer to, to study these stories and to live out these stories than we Christians have. And so I did a little sleuthing and snooping around and I came across an article in which a a rabbi explained that, that our Jewish friends read this story in a very different way than Christians do. And this rabbi pointed out that in this story, the Bible never actually explicitly says that one of the strangers who came to visit Abraham is God in disguise. And the rabbi said if we read closely, if we read the scripture closely, this is what the book of Genesis actually says. The Bible tells us that Abraham one day was sitting out in front of his tent when the Lord came by for a visit. Abraham saw three strangers approaching his tent and he jumped up and ran out to greet them. Now we Christians, we always read the first sentence of this story. Abraham was sitting in front of his tent when the Lord came to visit him as a way of introducing the three strangers who were about to show up and and visit Abraham and Sarah. We've always read this as the moment when the Bible sort of gives us a heads up and tells us something that Abraham doesn't know, that lets us in on the secret that Abraham is about to receive a a visit from God. But, But our Jewish friends, they read this story, they read that sentence in a very different way. Here's how our Jewish friends read this story. One day the Lord came to visit Abraham as he was sitting in front of his tent. And the Lord and Abraham were about to have an important conversation. The Lord was about to give Abraham some very important news when all of a sudden Abraham looked up and saw three strangers approaching his tent. And so Abraham leapt up and ran out to the strangers, calling out back over his shoulder to God, Lord, don't leave just yet. Stick around for a while. I would love to have a conversation with you, but first there's something I've got to do. First I've got to take care of these three strangers who are coming towards my tent. And then Abraham turned and said to the three strangers, come and sit under the shade of my tree. Let me wash your feet. Let me get some bread and water. Come and rest at my tent for a little while before you continue on your way. And then the strangers came and they sat beneath the tree in the shade near Abraham's tent. And then they continued on their way and when they had continued on their way, God and Abraham got back to the conversation that they had started before the three strangers came. Now our Jewish friends read this story and they see this is the story not of one visit, but of two. Our Jewish friends read this story and they say Abraham at his tent that day, Abraham and Sarah at their tent that day received not three guests, but four, the Lord and the three strangers who came after the Lord. Not only that, but our Jewish friends say that Abraham actually interrupted God as God was about to speak to him in order to go and take care of these three strangers. Not only that, but our Jewish friends say that the Lord wasn't bothered or irritated by this interruption, but in fact, the Lord was pleased with what Abraham did. The Lord was glad that Abraham got up and showed hospitality to these three strangers. The Lord received that act of hospitality as the highest form of worship. Our Jewish friends, when they read this story, they take away a different message than we do. Our Jewish friends, when they read this story, they take away this message. Hospitality is more important than anything else we can do in this world. Generosity is more important than anything else we could be doing in this world, including having a face-to-face conversation with God. If we interrupt our worship, if we interrupt our conversation with God in order to show hospitality to strangers and to take care of our neighbors, God isn't bothered by that interruption, but instead God receives that hospitality as the highest form of worship. I love that way of reading this story. I love that idea, because after all, isn't that exactly what you and I have been doing for the last seven months? Seven months ago, you and I said to God, please don't leave this place. Stick around for a while. We would love to come back to this place and see you face to face again. We would love to continue the conversation that we have been having in this place. But before we do that, there is something that we have got to do. We have got to go and take care of our neighbors. Our Jewish friends would tell us that that God wasn't irritated by that interruption, but in fact, God has received what we have been doing for the last seven months as the highest form of worship. There is nothing more important than hospitality. There is nothing more important than generosity. Nothing, nothing builds relationship and community like hospitality and generosity do. It's the work that God has given us to do in this world. And right now, right now, that work is more important than ever. In a moment when so many of our relationships are stressed and so many of our communities are fractured and divided, In this moment when it is so clear, so clear that we are in need of God's healing love and God's peace to overflow through us into this world, my prayer is that we would truly be children of Abraham and Sarah. My prayer is that we would walk in Abraham's footsteps, that we would be people of generosity and hospitality, that this world might be saved. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks for the ways in which you visit us. We gave you thanks for the ways in which you speak to us. And God, even though we long to gather as your family once again in this place, we pray that until that day comes, you would receive the care that we are giving to our neighbors, the kindness we are showing to strangers, as a form of worship. God, when we receive those who bear your image, when we care for those who bear your image, we pray that you would be honored and that you would be pleased and the world would be healed. In Jesus we pray. Amen.